Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody listening tonight on this Friday night. You know, this is one of those shows that you can listen to before you go to the club. If you don't feel like going to the club, if you forgot about the club, if you weren't invited to the club, you can listen to the breakdown. Sharifa Hardy and Marvin Williams got you with that funny, compelling, you know, conversation as well as intellectual juxtaposition of of ideas. How you like that, Ms. Sharifa Hardy, on Friday night? I love it. I love it. It's wonderful and exciting. We're here instead of going to the club. Yet again. Well, you know, well, you know, the funny part about it is, yeah, that's two Fridays in a row. So, what does that say about us? Mm-mm. We are committed. I love that word. It didn't say she didn't say we was not on the list of people invited. She said we are committed, y'all. That's a that's a great spin on things. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. So, so tonight, you know. Uh, I think you've seen the marketing for tonight's show, and you have a good idea of what it is. Tonight, we are talking about the Smurfs. The Smurfs? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. That, that's, that's, that's next month. We are talking about Pac-Man. Uh, okay. Okay. Wrong show? Okay, okay. I mean, okay, maybe that's the month that next. Maybe this is the one where I think we're hopefully we're talking about Black Panther. Yes. We are talking about that. Now, I have to, you know, just put this out there because as strong as the movie has uh, done in theaters, have you went to go see Black Panther? Have I went I to go not. see Black Panther? Now, I that's not. A, that is, that's the question. When the hosts get on there, what kind of discussion are they going to have? Can they even talk about the movie? Have they seen it? Have they not seen it? Have they seen the marketing? Like, what do they think? All these things are important. You haven't seen it. Mm. I have not. So, so, so some of that $770 million, you didn't put a dime in on. Mm. Not one, not one. Not, de- not even popcorn. Not, no I guess, popcorn, okay. no, no nothing. No, no, nothing. no jujubees, nothing. No jujubees even, gosh, damn. Well, I went... And okay. actually, I was planning to go. I was planning to go again um, to go see it uh, because, first of all, I'm a big sci-fi fan and fantasy fan. So I'm a fan of the Marvel Universe. Number one, the Black Panther movie, the way that it was executed, I was I I, I liked. And then, I mean, you know, as a writer and director myself, um, you know, all writers and directors can critique other writers and directors, but you got to be careful because you know this. You know, this gentleman um, has been putting in work. I don't know if you saw Fruitville Station, which was one of his first movies, and he went and did Creed. Um, I did not. I yeah, so not. Fruitville Station Fruitville Station was dope. And then um, and then Creed, of course, you know, that was like, you know, Apollo Creed. I know you saw Rocky, right? <laughs> did you see Rocky? I did. I did. <laughs> I'm just, okay, I'm just, making, I'm just Making sure you've been to the movies within the last 30 years because you never know. Some people, you know, they give it up a long time ago. They're like, Marvin, you know, I, I boycott all, all theaters forever. I'm like, not I even do. Rocky? I do. Okay. Okay. So Rocky. Rocky. Okay, cool. If we, we can have a talking point. If people listening, if y'all listening, if y'all in the club or y'all caring or, or missing this show, I'm happy she saw Rocky because we got a talking point. So, you know, um, you know, uh, the director – and I'm going to actually get on point with everybody's names and this and the other in five seconds. 
Uh, yeah, he 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 came he came he did a pretty good job on Fruitvale Station. I believe Fruitvale Station was produced for about nine hundred thousand dollars and did like sixteen million in theaters. And then Rocky, I think, was produced for a bit more, like thirty to forty million, and did like around one hundred thirty million in the theaters. And then, of course, you know, Black Panther was produced for roughly two hundred. They don't really list the pricing everywhere, but um, through some of the online sources, it was produced for around two hundred million, and it's just and it's breaking seven hundred and seventy million. So it's broken a few records out there in just in the general sci-fi space, as well as, of course, you know, for an African-American film, it's, it's broken um, uh, a ton there. I mean, it's pretty much the largest. Okay, that's, that's wonderful. So now to you, <laughs> wait a second. Let's breathe into the way that you said that's wonderful. <laughs> so were you saying that's wonderful, like it's wonderful? Or are you saying like wonderful, like that's, that's really cool, Marv? But truthfully, I don't really, I'm not into this movie, and it was hype. And it's overly hyped, and I probably might not see it. Or are you saying it's wonderful, like you know it's wonderful? No, I'm, I'm saying it's wonderful in regards to your opinion on the movies. I mean, that's wonderful. Oh, it's a wonderful oh. assessment. I'm just not really a, a Marvel buff. I'm not really into, um, you know, certain types of movies. I usually kind of watch chick flicks and, you know, those type of movies. I go the Tyler a Tyler Perry movie. I would go see that. Oh, so you see Black Panther meets Medea. Yes, I would. I would. Okay. So you so you like okay, so you're not into okay, let me just understand this real quick. So you're not into a Black Panther sci fi ish character, but if Tyler Perry portrays a woman which is also a fictional character. You like Medea. Now both of these characters are black, so I'm trying to see where you're going with this. Hmm. I'm trying to decipher the way you think. I think the black Panther well, well, let me needed explain the Medea wig. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, trying to, I'm trying to go all, here. Not Let's... at all. Not at all. Not at all. If you coming up with your own conclusion, there are. I, I'm trying to go two, there. <laughs> I know there are two completely separate genres. It's not just about the black people. It's two different types of movies. These Black Panther is an action movie, an action flick. That's not necessarily yeah. what I'm into. Mm-hmm. I like family movies. I like Look, real people. Medea yeah. be beating people up, making action. But it's funny when she does it, though. <laughs> like, boo, it's not like she was just doing boo, chilling in a, in, a, in a rocket chair, going back and forth saying boo, boo. You know, there was some action in boo. They had stunts in boo. Medea. Yes, and Boo? I didn't go see Boo. I, I didn't go see Boo. Oh, wait Boo a second. Boo was not one of okay, the movies that I went to see. This is deep. This is okay. This is deep. Is so you'll see Medea, but you won't see Medea do Boo. Mm. I have seen some of Tyler Perry's movies, and I like some you? of Tyler Perry's movies. Okay. Let's leave Tyler Perry alone. Do you watch yes. movies? Things? Okay, okay. Let me throw out one. Uh, I think we might have discussed one. Devil Wears Prada. Yes, I love the Demi Lovato one. Meryl all Street. time favorite. Yes, and Hathaway. Okay. Yes. Mhm. Okay. So, okay. So we go there, and then so what, name me something. Let me just so just so we get a good idea, and just so you know, anyone who listens to this podcast gets a good idea. You know, what is what are some of your favorite chick flicks? We'll get back into Black Panther, but I just want to just see what what we're dealing <laughs> with over here. You was just reading my mind because I'm like, oh, are we getting back to Black Panther? All oh, right, we're gonna Dyer's go back there. 
Diary of a Mad Black Woman was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did I like the notebook. Did you see? Yeah. Okay, the notebook. Okay. So are you are you a Fifty Shades of Grey girl? Oh yes, yes. Oh, uh, so you're one of those romantical women. Romantical? You romantical. So you like you like you know the Fifty Shades of Greys, you know, and then okay. So let me see. Uh, 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 no, you. I have to get you on a fantasy. You have to have seen things like you know, um, the Princess Bride or the Never Ending Story. No. No, I did see never the Never Ending Story. The Never Ending Story was yes, I saw the Never Ending Story series. Yes, with the Luck Dragon. That was, that was, yeah. Okay. I did. See you, that. you saw you saw E. T. Right. Black Panther is gracing our studios, <laughs> and it has sold $770 million. I think yes. that's wonderful. I think anybody who can reach those levels, I think I'm not mm-hmm. knocking the movie. I'm not bashing the movie. I don't see a problem with the movie. I think it's wonderful. If anybody can get $770 million from one movie, hey, I'm looking for him. That's my cousin. Okay, that's great. Right. I love it. But yeah, there's there's a few cousins in that movie right about now. Um, no, all of when, them, everybody. Yeah, there's a few cousins in that movie. So you know, uh, I love. There's been debate, and I've heard debate. You know, because you know, from the standpoint of when we're not necessarily doing the show, you know, we have these worlds in, in entertainment in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. um, I've I've heard you know debate for and against. Like you know, for people saying why does it have to be necessarily called a black movie? It's just it's be called a film. Some people have seen. You know, the media really went to town because a lot of uh, celebrities like Snoop Dogg, this, that, and the other, um, and other celebrities, too, were buying, like, you know, kids from predominantly um, black schools, like, you know, free tickets, this, that, and the other. And there yeah. were people saying, you know, what about, you know, the white kids? Why don't you go to an all-white school and buy, buy them tickets? And you know, the funny thing is, online, I actually saw videos of all kinds of kids um, being excited to go watch Black Panther. You know, I have... Filipino film producers who I deal with, they've seen the movie, you know, um, you know, our Latin, I have my Latin American cohorts, you know what I'm saying? And uh, they've shown a lot of support for the film. Uh, what do you think, and I know you haven't seen the film, but you understand marketing because you consult on it. What do you think are some of the real main key driving forces behind everyone talking about Black Panther? Besides the obvious, you know, is, you know, like one of the first main, you know, superhero type roles um, with all black cast, besides those obvious things, what do you think are the driving forces? Or is that the driving force? It was just simply like, you know, a majorly, a major sci-fi film and a black cast. Like, what do you think? I think that's the major driving force. I think that's it in a nutshell. And I think sometimes we over um, complicate things. I think the fact mm-hmm. that it's a Marvel film, it is what's mm-hmm. driving it. It's something that is a door that has never been opened before. So this is an opportunity mm-hmm. to have a large amount of African-American people in one movie. That hasn't happened before. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to your original point about the black mm-hmm. students versus the white students. And right. I think sometimes we make things about race that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. about race. I don't think right. that they necessarily said, okay, I'm just going to take all the black kids. No, what they do is they go to schools which are um, more impoverished, let's say, and those students mm-hmm. have to happen to be of certain races. Why would you mm-hmm. go and give 
students who already have more than enough money free tickets. That's not even logical. At least it's not logical. Well, I've seen. Well, I, well, I'll, I'll be honest. I know I went to a couple when I was younger. I was fortunate to be. I, I was in both public and private school, right? And the funny thing is that I remember in the private schools that I, I went to, they would still give away like raffles and tickets too to kids who you think would just on a, who you would assume can afford tickets. You know, they would still give tickets and albums. And I remember, um, and in music, for for instance, they would still give like you know they'll be like a whole class might win something. And even though it, the assumption is because their kids paying tuition or, or, or a high amount um, in school fees, they were still getting freebies, you know, but I understand what you're saying. You go to the kids who pretty much need it the most. And those pretty, for this particular movie, you were looking for the African-American kids who needed it the most. Yes. Right, so you just kind of lined it up. You know, they also got a ton of. Um, I think for this film, uh, one of the things that the Marvel keyed into also in the marketing was uh, a lot of churches nationwide. You know, the whole congregation was going to see this film. So I ended, and I, when I heard that, I was pretty much like, "Whoa!" Because I know the correlation between, say, bringing a whole congregation to go see, like, say, a family movie like Medea, right? Um, not Medea. No, actually, you know, any, any, uh, most of Tyler Perry's, like, you know, family-oriented oriented movies, I can see why you bring the congregation over, because it's a family-oriented movie. Uh, in this one, it's fantasy. It's in the Marvel Universe. So while we're saying that basically the churches got involved only because it was um, obviously a black film and they just, they just decided to go support a fantasy film out of Marvel as well, or do you think the church was also king into some of the family values that may or may not be there in the film? No, I think the churches were toning in on the marketing. I mean, at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. marketing is everything. And so this is a movie that is being pushed as we have to support this movie. Bring your congregations, bring your schools, bring your students. It's a huge marketing push for for them to support this film. Got it. You you actually consult consult, um, uh, predominantly – I'm not going to say predominantly black-owned, but I'm not going to mention any names, but you consult for, like, a few, like, uh, <laughs> like say, networks, if you will, right? Was mm-hmm. in, inside, in, inside the labs of that or those particular networks, was there anything uh, special that the network wanted to key into for Black Panther, or did they just kind of, like, let it go and they were focusing on their own problems and trying to create their own shows? We're, we're just creating our own shows. Okay. Okay, so there was really no, no. Now, I'm asking you that. The reason why I'm asking you that is because even though we're creating our own show here on The Breakdown, we over here talking about Black Panther. I, I had to say that. <laughs> it was kind of, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. You get what I'm saying? I'm saying that even though, and, and it's kind of funny because it's obvious, you know, you and I are both like, you know, from a, a certain discussion, we can be looked at like, you know, minorities in America, but we're over here with a radio show that's no more than, say, eight, nine, ten days in the making in terms of episodes. And we're folk, we're, we're here talking about Black Panther. We have marketing on Black Panther. So why do you think the, any, any, any of the, you know, say the African-American or minority-based networks that you might help, why do you think they may only be focusing on their shows? Is that a misstep? Is that, what do you think that is? Or should everybody black just be supporting Black Panther? Wow, that's like eight questions in one. I think you know, I know how to ask them that people, way. Right, and let me answer all eight of them. I think that people mm-hmm. who are interested in the Marvel series are going to follow the Black, Black Panther. I think people who are 
So, and another thing that happened is a lot of people went to watch Black Panther, the Black Panther movie in African garb, right? And the Black Panther movie was huge um, during what? Black History Month. So we're already, I'm sorry? No, I said exactly, February. Yes. So people are already in that mindset. They're already focused on black history. So it's easy to tell people it's Black History Month. These are black people doing this. Go out and support it. What other movies are they going to go out and support? It was a theater. I read an article on it. They were not showing Black Panther, but they were showing the latest um, Fifty Shades of Grey. And people protested, and they had a hissy fit. And, you know, when, why, you know it became a real racial issue that they would show mm. the Fifty Shades of Grey final chapter, but they were not showing Black Panther. And so what do you think happened? The theater started showing Black Panther because the people really made it into a racial issue. You got this movie that has black people. You got this movie that has a white billionaire who locks his girlfriend in the closet and beats her, and that turns him on. But a positive movie about black characters, you're not showing. So, mm-hmm. and, it's black, and it's Black History Month. So there's a certain mm-hmm. level of pressure. There's a certain level of you have to show this movie and because it's black history, we're going to follow the people. We're going to say, okay, let me go see that movie. Name another movie that would have been an option that was that large or had that same amount of black people in it during Black History Month. Now I got a question for you because you just now raised some, an interesting discussion that had me role play really quickly. You mentioned a, a theater, and I didn't see the article. I wish I would have seen it. I'm going to Google it now. I'm going to look for that particular moment because you have a theater owner and they're into Fifty Shades of Grey, they're not showing Black Panther. But because they're not showing Black Panther, the people rose up and said, hey, you better show Black Panther. And they started showing Black Panther. Now, this is crazy. Right. The reason why I'm saying that is because now, let's role play. You just, when I asked you about Black Panther, you, A, you haven't seen it. You're more of a Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, Devil Wars product girl, even though at the same time you love the family-based films, like, say, you know, from Tyler Perry, right, a director like that. And that's what you mentioned earlier in the show. Now, let's just role play here and say you're the owner of this theater. This is Sharifa Hardy's theater. We call it you know, uh, the, 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 the Cinemark Party. Uh, That's a horrible name. Mm-hmm. Of Sharifa. Yeah, we're going to Sharifa. That's a better Sharifa. name. This is yeah. going to Cinemark Sharifa, right? Now, this is your theater. Mm-hmm. And let's just say you're, you know, you're an African-American woman. It's your theater. And you don't want to show Black Panther. And not because of anything about black, white, green. You're just not into... You know, showing that type of content, your theater's always been driven a certain way. It's going to show Fifty Shades of Grey. Would you have buckled, or would you have been like, because of the you said mentioned the pressure, so I'm just using the word buckled, and that might be the wrong word. Would you have buckled, or do you think you would have just kept saying showing Fifty Gray, Shades of Grey because you're, um, you know, a black female? It would have just been okay. Like, what are you thinking? I think that if you love me or you hate me, you still have to pay me. So if the people standing outside want to pay. For tickets to get into my theater, oh, I'm letting them in, and I'm putting that movie on since they're waiting outside to see the movie. That's how I look at it. If that, it you have to give the people mm-hmm. what the people want at the end of the day. And if it, to me, and it's weird, though, because it's something that personally I deal with because I have to look at situations and ask myself the question, is this really a racial issue? Is it? Because sometimes right. issues that are simply problematic are painted as racial issues. 
There are a lot of racial issues. I'm not minimizing racial issues, but is it necessarily a racial issue? Maybe that theater just simply didn't include that movie. Maybe they, maybe it was a movie that wasn't on their radar. You understand what right. I'm saying? And so when the people started asking for and demanding that movie, any good businessman, because it comes back to business basics, the same. If you have a demand for anything and you have people creating a fuss because they don't have that movie in their theater and they're not only willing to pay for the movie tickets, but you know they're going to get some popcorn and some Juju that movie is going because they have they have different theaters. It's not just one room mm. where they could show one movie. A good business person is going to open up some other theater, or they're going to say, you know what, only have five people who went who want to see Fifty Shades of Grey. So I'm gonna put that on, but you know, between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. and then 3 p.m. on is going to be Black Panther. But a good business person finds a way. To, to make everyone happy or to make as many, as many people as, um, happy as possible. They're not just going to say, oh, no, I'm not showing it. It's a black movie. I don't want the black movie in here. That That's not going to happen. That's not even going to work. That's not even good business. You know, no, yeah, I understand about, you know, the, from the business standpoint of it. I mean, when you look at the, you know, the, the, the black consumer, you know, they drive, you know, billions of dollars into Trillion. the economy. And you know, let's use the word oh, yeah. trillion on being humble. Yeah, so they buy, no. drive, and 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 these and these companies, no. And we say trillions, and you're absolutely right. And when you look at trillions, and this is this is crazy because when you look at the driving force of that type of economic power, and you're saying, and then I'm looking at that, and I'm hearing you a thousand percent from this standpoint. Um, when I went to go see the movie, it was very interesting because every single theater it felt like was Black Panther. It wasn't one. It was like on whatever whatever area of the theater I was in, I must have been around six theaters. Uh, I'm walking down like you know the hallway. You know how theaters have like you know playing this one and theater one, that one and theater two. Every single one of them was Black Panther, right? Multiple showings, multiple theaters, and I was looking at it like, whoa, this film really caught fire uh, from a marketing perspective on on so many different angles that like you mentioned the theater owners or whomever. Um, who wanted to show a certain type of theater, they couldn't, and, you know, they buckled. And then the people who are receptive and who are on to their data and their, their marketing, you know, they're just every single theater was Black Panther. And that's why I think when I look at the marketing for today's show, it was, you know, Black Panther, is it, a, is it a good film or is it really hype? I know what my views are, but that was just the question. And what are your views? Well, my views, I mean, look, um, when I look at the film from, like, say, you know, um, um, uh, a creative standpoint, every creative can probably look at every creative's work, whether it's Michael Bay, Steven Spielberg, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, and then I think this, direct, this director, I think this film was directed by Ryan uh, Coogler, I believe. And when I look at, when I look at, um, when I look at the creative angle of it, I think, and I'm a creative, so everything can be added or changed. I think they executed the film on a very nice level. And I think they did it in a way where they also drove home, you know, some very interesting points um, that, that can cause great debates. And then, you know, they had a, they had a widely entertaining movie as well. You know, uh, th- those, are, those, are, those are my thoughts and views. 
Um, could I, because the film be better than there is? I think every creative looking at every creative's work, yeah, you can have other ideas. But I think for what Ryan did and looking at his previous work, I think he did an excellent job as a director. Um, and I think I think overall the, um, the 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 film was satisfying. That's kind of hard to say from this standpoint. You know how when you can hear a lot of hype for a movie and then you go see it and you're like, oh, what is everybody talking about? The film for me lived up to the hype. And that was important because the film had been so hyped up, like it was amazing and it was great. I think Rotten Tomatoes went and gave it like a 98, 99, or 100%. So it had all these things going for it, momentum-wise. And then I was actually concerned going in there, like, am I, am I going to like it? Because there's so much praise. You know, sometimes when you hear that and you go watch or listen to something, it doesn't add up. I was impressed with the fact that it actually added up. I mean, I think that's good, too, but I think – one of the points that has to, you know, we mentioned it, and I think to a certain extent we glossed over it. It is mm-hmm. a Marvel movie. It's a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. When Marvel puts mm-hmm. out a movie, there's a certain amount of people that are going to go to the movies regardless because it's a Marvel movie. They sit around and wait for mm-hmm. Marvel to make the next movie. These are people who love the right. Avengers. They love, you know, a lot, you know, no, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. With, yeah. So Mm -hmm. they have a huge following. So in marketing, one of the things people focus on with influencers or in advertising in general is the type of following something has. Marvel can put out Mm -hmm. anything, and people are going to go watch Mm -hmm. it. And I'm not saying that they could put out crap, but even if they put out crap, somebody is going to go watch it because it's a Marvel movie, and they're not even going to know "Ah, it's crap until they go to the movie. Well, I'm going to say this. Um, I think Marvel has had like 19 number one movies, right? And, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Disney acquired Marvel, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Marvel's success, their the, the, the success um, is, to me, is astounding from this standpoint. I don't know if you've ever heard mm-hmm. of a movie called Speed, Speed Racer. Um, yes. Speed Racer came out, they, they came out of Disney, right? I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came out of Disney. And Speed Racer was made for $200 million. And the reason why I'm bringing mm-hmm. up Speed Racer is because, the same way when I remember Sony, not the Godzilla done by Legendary, the most recent one, but the one before that, the one that was done by Sony when they did their Godzilla, and that was, I think, in the late 90s or something like that. Um, you know, I, it's not, you know, you, there's no guarantees when you, you know, um, when you pretty much, you know, uh, resuscitate or you bring a certain brand back to life. You get what I'm saying? Like you don't have a guarantee when you when you look at a speed racer and you say, Oh, all these kids love speed racer, they'll love, you know, our live action C G version because, you know, the Disney version for two hundred million, it tanked. I think when Disney did Tron, I have a I have Tron. Um it was a beautiful movie, but I don't mm-hmm. think everybody received it like they did, you know, like really any of Marvel movies. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's trying. No, I and mean, then, I agree. And I, but I just think that there's no guarantees in life. Now, we definitely have a lot of callers on the line tonight. What we're going to do, oh, awesome. because this is a discussion, is um, we are going to open the phone lines. But we're going to open the phone okay. lines. We already have a caller who has a question or a comment is going to join the conversation. But before we do that, we're going to stop for a brief um, commercial break, and then we'll be right back. 
Are you looking for a unique way to advertise for free? Why not add your business name to the growing business directory at AskSharifa.com? It's absolutely free, and you can benefit from being part of the Ask Sharifa network. That's AskSharifa.com. Where else can you get free advertising for your business, increase website traffic, and generate more leads fast and easy? Don't wait. Space is limited to a first-come basis. Visit AskSharifa.com today and get listed now. When you need an expert plumber, you need jordansruder.com. Get free estimates, 24-hour service, special discounts for seniors and veterans. That's jordansruder.com. Have a home repair or some remodeling you need done? No problem. We can handle all that, too. Give us a call today at 800-300-0358. At Jordan's Ruder, we take pride in our work and always make sure to get the job done right the first time. That's jordansruder.com. We want to be your or Mr. Fix-It. Are you looking for an amazing business opportunity? Visit AskSharifa.com. Get the financial freedom you deserve. Partner with doTERRA and change lives as well as create your very own business. That's AskSharifa.com. Get products that sell and that people love using every day. Give us a call at 562-822-0965 or visit us online at AskSharifa.com. Are you ready for your financial freedom? If you are just now tuning in, we are discussing Black Panther on today's episode of the Breakdown Radio Show with Sharifa Hardy and Marvin Showtime Williams. If you are listening to this show on your computer and you'd like to join the conversation, feel free to give us a call at 646-564-9989. Again, that number is 646-564-9989. If you're listening to the show on your phone and you'd like to jump in there with a question or a comment, on today's topic, please press 1. We do have a caller in 612 area code with a question or a comment. Good, good evening, caller. Are you with us? Yes, good evening, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Oh, awesome. Good evening. Great. And uh, I just want to say quickly, um, it was a good, Black Panther was a great movie as far as production-wise and was, visuals were beautiful, but um, the only issue I had with it was the conclusion that it tried to present from like an historical standpoint. And I felt like a lot of people walked away saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Wakanda could have actually happened. And that's something that kind of, you know, like in a sense, the idea of a nation having all the resources and somehow being in isolation and not directly competing with other nations is somehow going to develop all this technology and innovation and be cutting edge. And that's the exact opposite of what we see in history. And I feel like a lot of black people have this misconception that, like the movie's trying to almost present a premise by saying if it wasn't for colonization and the Europeans coming in, that Africa would have been X, Y, and Z. But in a way, the movie was given a backhanded insult because if you know the actual history, Africa's had way more resources than almost any other continent. And instead of utilizing it for their own benefit and develop technology, it had the exact opposite effect. It became a curse because having all that land and resources made Africans less competitive amongst each other. Whereas in Europe, you had the exact opposite effect. Europe had very little resources and little land, but it had intense competition. And that's why if you look at the European history, they were constantly in war with one another, always fighting over very little. And it forced them to have to develop their military technology. And that's what eventually gave them the advantage when they went worldwide, 
when they were seeking resources and land that their their development and their military advantage they i mean they could conquer the world easily and you know it's not because they were better or anything like that it's just that they were in a situation where there was a lot of resistance and it forced them to become stronger and develop what they had it's like um, the principle we see personally like if you if you want to get stronger physically you don't get stronger physically by sitting on the couch and taking it easy you get stronger by going to the gym lifting weights putting extra resistance and your body, your body naturally adapts to the additional resistance, and it gets stronger, and it builds from there. That's a principle you see in civilizations as well. So I just wish people understood the historical aspect and kind of then fall for you know, the false premise of what we try to provide. Right, and I think at the same time in watching the movie too, I think they try to cover that up by saying, you know, uh, Wakanda was hit by, like, you know, um, a meteor, and therefore it had a resource that was basically off of the periodic scale from like a mineral standpoint and because of that reason they were dealing with some unearthly you know uh um pretty much material that landed that 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 get, that segued into their technological development and i think that's why they included that piece in the film but i can see your point though as well uh if we extracted that from the movie and we just said they were dealing with you know uh whatever earth form or earthly resources that you know um that are known to man then you know uh, if you look at the history of it, you know that 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 storyline would would um would cave somewhat. Yeah, and I feel like they were trying to denigrate you know Europeans in the way of the whole you know when the uh, CIA agent was in Wakanda, how they kept referring to him as a colonizer. And um, just oh like, yeah, they, know, they threw I mean, that, yeah they threw the colonizer line in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that defies logic in the sense that the idea that you could have this country like Wakanda that had this massive military advantage that would not then use it to conquer the nations like what Killmonger wanted to do, that, that in and of itself right. is crazy. Because, I mean, we, we have a perfect example of that in Egypt, right? Egypt was an ancient, probably one of the oldest, mega person, the first superpower there was in the world. It was based in Africa. They had a tremendous military um, technological advancement in the chariot, which gave them a huge advantage on the battlefield. Now, did they use that to sit back and become a benevolent, you know, benevolent, you know, empire? Of course not. They went south. They conquered what's modern-day Sudan. They went north into the Middle East, conquered, you know, Canaan, went all the way up into modern-day Iraq and Iran with the, with the Syrians and the Babylonians, and they went as far north as Turkey against the Hittite Empire, and they subjugated that entire territory and enslaved hundreds of thousands of people, including their own population. And I'm just like. I just right. and, and, and and well, well I think from a, like a writing perspective and not to cut you off but I think from a writing perspective what ends up happening is people look at the historical points that you're of course referencing and very knowledgeable of and what they do is their spin and this is just me just kind of looking at it from an over from an overview of of the writing style that was put into the movie they were looking obviously at those points and they were saying to themselves if I'm in the writers room and I'm in the lab, they're saying, you know, how can we basically uh, point out that colonizing this manner or using technology to harm humans or to manipulate or take over control, uh, that they're looking at those historical points like, you know, that was not the wisest way to use power. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that's how it actually played out in the script. They're looking at it like we're going to be, well, from a Wakanda perspective and their and you know their leadership perspective, they they were looking, they're playing it out like you know we're going to rule in a manner to where these 
technological achievements and advancements will be used to try and better versus conquer. Do you understand the point? No, I understand your point, but I mean, if that was the case, we wouldn't be where we're at today. Like civilization would not be what it is, right? I mean, this is this right, comes no, down I mean, to the idea of you know feminism versus the male way of thinking, right? If if the reason, for example, I think of it like this: why, why do men love sports so much? As an example, because right. in our DNA we enjoy competition; it's hardwired within us. So men naturally gravitate towards competition. And it's not because men are evil or twisted. It was out of necessity because back when we were hunter-gatherers living in caves, we were directly competing with other super predators who were both trying to kill us and were also directly competing with us for food. And so that, comp- that competitive drive within men is what forged men to go forward to subjugate the wild world and to eventually build civilization. And so for this movie to say that you know, not being competitive or, oh, maybe that's a different way to go about it, no, that, that's a modern you know, sort of looking back, saying, oh, yeah, but we wouldn't be where we're at if men weren't competitive, if we weren't constantly striving to dominate and to go, you know, to outdo the next group and to pull forward. That, that's how we got to where we're at today. Otherwise, we'd still be living in caves. No, and I said competitive. So we do have another caller on the line, so we're going to get another opinion. I do have area code 404 with a question or a comment on today's topic. Yeah, how y'all doing? I see y'all talking to one of my uh, frenemies on Blog Talk, so shout-out to him being on the call. Shout-out to y'all for the, for the topic. This is interesting. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, we want to also hear your dialogue, too. We're here to open dialogue. And I thank you, caller number one. And here we go to caller number two. Let's hear your point of view. Yeah, well, well, uh, what people like to bring up as, kind of hardwired into DNA, I think they're making a mistake. I think they're what, what they're actually talking about is cultural, social, and also just uh, environmental reasons why a culture develops in a certain way. That doesn't necessarily mean that men and women are always going to act, you know, in these formations, one, two, three. Uh, it always has to be colonization or invasion or anything like that. No. Uh, we've had periods on Earth to where the group who was, you know, so-called uh, you know, superior in technology didn't invade other people. Uh, there have been peaceful groups. So it's not a thing of always conquering and dominating and treating that as, you know, part of humanity. That's when you take the history of, you know, you take the history of Europe and try to paint the whole history of humanity in that way. Or you use Egypt and try to paint the history of, you know, the whole continent in that way. So that, I, I would say that's not true. That's what I would push back. Well, against. I would, I would, um, I would also, well, I would also interject. And, I, and before you, before you guys go, I want to add this component too. If we just looked at it and we said, okay, mathematically, and, and I'm going to take both of what you guys are saying, and I'm going to just add to them, and then you guys run with it. But if we look at, you know, car number one saying, you know, historically man moved forward through technological advancements through this, through competing in this manner, this that and the other, and Wakanda, you know, um, created this picture to where, you know, if you do not do that or you move in a certain manner, we wouldn't be where we are today. We're in an interesting place also if we erased all that and we looked at, you know, the superpowers of today and just look at our simply our, our, our nuclear armament. Look at our nuclear advancement, whether it's Russian, U.S., look at the stockpiles that we have. Now, this is my answer for both of you guys. 
if we're losing a technology, if we're using technology based on caller number one saying, hey, we have technology, whether it's uh, um, a chariot or what have you, and man uses these things maybe sometimes against, well, historically against man, and that's how he moves forward, and then we have this competition. We're to say right now where we have a gut load of weaponry, right, and we could attack with that weaponry, you know, and many nations have pretty much weapons of mass destruction that can annihilate entire countries and regions. So if we look at it as a mathematical formula or as an algorithm, at some point humanity, at least for these particular weapons I'm talking about, um, the nuclear weapons, and, and I know they were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, I understand that, but I'm also saying that we would have then probably used them to annihilate an entire country or half the world by now. Does that make sense? Well, that's 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 the issue with nuclear arm armament. Uh, at a certain point, it just becomes a standoff to who has and who hasn't, but you can't actually use them. So it's more of the threat of them than anything it's, else. And, it's, and, and really, what I'm trying to say, the, you know, mutually the undertone there. No, right. of course, so, and the undertone the, the undertone with nuclear weapons too is the funny part about it is this. Of course, we can't go destroy everybody, but we can sure make them to make some money. Now, I'll leave it up to y'all right now. Right. Well, that's why you create arms races. That's why you create the the, the weapons, and you, you know you sell the old generation to one side, you sell the new generation to the other side, and then they eventually have to catch up and buy from you. So that's why arms are you know such a big part of the world economy. But I, I think we make a mistake though when we start tying innovations to conquering or anything else. Innovation is just what men do. Period. Men and women do. Period. Because you're solving problems. That's what education is about, you know, just in total. And that goes back to the first man and, and women who were able to use fire to start to cook their food and to start to create settlements, animal husbandry, and everything else. So I, I think we, we're, we're kind of shooting an arrow and then painting the bullseye around it afterwards and saying, this is due to conquering. No, innovation is going to happen anywhere, anyway. Conquering is just something that happens on the, you know, on the, on the, on the side of it. But we're trying to treat that as the primary reason, which I would disagree with. But I, I, uh, I, did, I, I didn't say I didn't say conquering. I referred to competition, and competition doesn't just require just competition between men against men. You can compete against nature itself, because if you remember, if yep. you go all the way back in our past, we were hunter gatherers. Men were basically subject to nature. We were subject to the yep. weather, subject to other animals. That's not the case anymore. We're not subject to that anymore. Why? Because men learned to compete against it and to dominate it and to put it underneath us. That, that's what I'm trying to say about the, the competitive nature within men. You, you call it the problem solving. That's, that's another way of describing it. Where if there's an obstacle that's hindering mankind in some way, men naturally have to find a way to, to go against that, to overcome that. That's just, just what we're meant to do. That's, and that's why I said yeah. earlier, why, that's why men like sports so much. Why, why do men love watching basketball and football all the time? Because we enjoy competition. It's within our DNA. That's why men like hunting, things like that. That's Because that's what we... That's what we've been doing since the dawn of mankind. Now, today, See, modern, in the modern day, in the modern day, you're looking I'll, back. I'll, 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 just as much, just in different ways. Yeah, we're, but, women but do like that. I was going to I, I was gonna say this, too. And I was gonna, the yeah. funny part about it, and the reason why I, used to, I, I have this one thing that's just coming out to me when I think of sports and, 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 you know, the analogy there, I agree. You know, men like sports, women like sports, and, you know, they compete in different ways. And the reason I'm saying that is because I had a project that was brought to me this week, and it involves – a very valuable painting painted by a man, right? And 
I'm thinking about, and I had to think about this painter, and I'm, look, I'm looking at the history, and I don't think this person was into sports at all, but they were just like, you know, they painted beautiful pieces, right? So I'm trying to just trying to, you know, I understand, you know, competition, this, any other moving forward. I understand the sports analogy, but I also know the sports, um, and in terms of like, you know, moving forward as a man, you know, stereotypical or not, um, it's, uh, it, 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 not everybody would necessarily fall in line with sports as well. Right. Well, well, just put it in another context, though. If you go to your job and a new woman starts that job, uh, there's competition within that office from the women who are looking at how she dresses, how she cares herself, how she speaks, and most of the men aren't even aware of that competition that's going on. So, you know, competition, I think that's just a humanity thing. I don't think that's, you know, down to gender. But the point I I was trying to make earlier was, and I don't think I, I did a good job of, was, Basically, every generation that comes uh, comes after the one before it gets the benefit of the gen- of, of the innovations that were created. So the one who creates fire, cooked meat, settlements, things like that, the next generation starts off right there. So you only have a few generations that start off at zero, and then everybody else is starting off at one, two, three, four. So it's not a thing of intelligence or anything else. It's a thing of what timeline you were born in. Uh, which happen to have, you know, the advantages of, of what came before you. Okay, so let, let me ask you this, because the topic of today's show is Black Panther. I think you responded to the first call, caller in his statement. What, overall, what oh, okay. were your thoughts yeah, on, on, on the, the movie? Yeah, yeah, let's yeah get the, to, the, movie, to, the movie is a really good movie. Like, I, I would recommend anybody to check it out. Definitely a good movie. But there are things that kind of are screaming alarm bells that you can notice within the movie. Uh, for one, uh, and you'll notice this in, in most black cinema, any character who is somewhat revolutionary or is thinking in a different way, that character is going to be, to a certain degree, uh, a caricature of that type of thinking. Like, it has to go wrong. That person has to be irrational uh, because that's the acceptable uh, Negro, if you want to put it to a certain degree. So the, the black uh, radical tradition is not necessarily represented well. You can see it in Black Panther. You can see it in Selma, where the SNCC organizers were looked at as bickering and ineffective, and SELC had to come in and do things right. Or you go to the butler, where when the kid wanted to be a Panther, uh, his girlfriend was crazy, saying all kind of ridiculous things, and his mother slapped him and, you know, kind of, kind of... <laughs> Well, you know, it's you know it's funny with with, with where you're going. Black man in, in those movies that you have to I, portrayed a certain way. So I hear you. Kind of keep it on that tradition. I hear you. I think this what's funny is also that when you mentioned that it it, it, it uh, one of the um, quotes I read online um, jumped into my head, which was like, you know, it still portrays black on black crime. Now it was crazy because. When it, when I I had read that before I went to go see the movie and then of course you know you had a great fight scene in there, um, yeah. or the, I don't know about a, a great fight scene but it was a big fight scene right and um, it it kind of made me uh, laugh to myself for a second because I was like oh here we go with the black on black crime in the movie but um, just saying that to say no I I see the points and um, I didn't mean to, to cut you off so I'm gonna just say continue. No, no, it's fine. That that was a great point you raised. But no, that, that was just something that, that really stuck out within the movie, just how his character was written. He was irrational. He supposedly had two PhDs, but he didn't know anything about governing or how to politic with anyone. 
it was my way or the highway, and he would kill anyone to get to his objective. So, you know, they, they, they wrote him in a certain way, I would say. But overall, man, still good movie, Afrofuturism. You got to see young kids get to see themselves or someone who looks like them in a certain way. Uh, the only thing I would push back on is some people in our community are taking this as a revolutionary moment or some political awakening, <laughs> and it's like, whoa, it's mm-hmm. a movie. Like, calm down. Keep it in its proper right. context. Good movie. Yeah, you are right. You, you are right because the hashtag Wakanda forever, and you're like, well, wait a second. Wakanda is a fictional place. You get what I'm saying? So we we have to be careful with Wakanda forever. Wakanda doesn't exist. So um, Wakanda pretty much right. goes as long as, 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 as far as Marvel wants it to go. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. What about, uh, yeah. Did you guys notice the, uh, the feminist angle in the movie as well? If you notice, yeah, like T'Challa, it, 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 I found interesting how T'Challa was presented as a completely incompetent leader that couldn't really do anything without the women being there to basically save his butt, you know, I mean, several times. Oh. And it's sort of like that goes to the old saying of how they try to denigrate black men as not really leading, not really capable of doing anything, that, you know, that they, that they don't know. I mean, you know, the old yellow back sort of thing that they don't have the courage to do the right thing or all that. And in portraying black women as sort of, having to leave because the black men are so incompetent. I mean, I noticed that theme throughout the entire movie. And you could see that yeah, they were pushing see, the little see, feminist that, now, that, That's the point about the freezing and everything else. Now, I would agree with you to a degree, but I would say it's an overcorrection. They were trying to make sure that they made the women, you know, full fleshed out characters with personalities and everything else. But I, I think you're right. I think they did go a little too far and make it to where, you know, they were trying to correct for – Hell, you can't correct 50 years of cinema in one movie. So, yeah, they did a good job with the women. They gave them real, you know, characters, real traits, and it wasn't just eye candy. But to a degree, man, you know, he freezes. Oh, you know, that's well, well, and, well, well, and you're actually right. I mean, he free, he froze with his love interest. Of course, of course, then we had Angela Bassett and her leadership <laughs> over him. Away from there, he had this little teenager being his GPS and being his chief scientist. And then, of course, he had his 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 absolute um, number one general slash warrior. You get what I'm saying? So he had multiple women around him, making sure that he wouldn't fall off the planet. Yeah. What about even that scene where you had that that war between the tribes that sided with Killmonger, where it was a, an entire tribe of black men, black warrior men, and they were going up against a group of women, and it was like they fought to a stalemate. I mean, if that right. isn't feminism at its best, I don't know what I don't know what else you could be looking at. Like, I mean, come yeah, on, but man. I, I, right. I give, I give Ryan Coogler this. He did try to tie historical, you know, historical lessons in this. So they were supposed to represent the, the homie tribe. That was the concept of them being, you know, created. That that though the Amazon warriors, the homie tribe. There was a five thousand woman army. Uh, most of it was the honor guard that protected the king, but that was just a piece of the army. It wasn't the whole army. So he's kind of giving reference to that. It's just like when Killmonger kicked the spear in half a la Shaka Zulu when he changed warfare in southern Africa by creating this shorter spear, uh, which made you know better accuracy in close combat. So Ryan Coogler was doing a lot of, like, you oh. know, kind of dropping, what do you call that, Easter eggs or whatever they call that? Yeah, he was so dropping Easter eggs. And then try to have some red herrings. I mean, and you got to realize this. When we, when we go into, and this is where it gets interesting and difficult, and this is why I was, you know, I had to praise the execution. 
Number one, Marvel is like, first of all, and, and when you're in that room, in that war room, the, the, the room or the creative room, whatever lab you want to call it, they're going to say make it a Marvel movie and make the CG and the effects, you know, palatable yeah. to what today's consumer wants, number one. Because as much as they're seeing, they're there to see the characters, they're just, just as much to see the CG, right, and the great yep. scenes and the awe-inspiring scenes. But then you'll go in there, and then the producer's roundtable sounds something like all the things they want to put into this movie. And then just like you're saying, um, for lack of better terminology, caller number two, you know, you have this, this, this meal that you have to create out of a film while trying to, you know, portray the women this way, not necessarily be having the eye candy. Try to hit historical points while still having an entertaining movie. And a lot of times when you're trying to put all of these ingredients into the stew, you know, you've seen major blockbusters go bust because all of the directives, you know, you can't hit all of them. And I think that, you know, they did the best they can to find a balance that's going to be debatable, but they still were able to please the audience and drive the ticket well, sales. Let me, let me ask y'all this, though. And move well, on. it's because it was all it's, black. It's, if it wasn't, if think, it wasn't an all-black movie, the they wouldn't have got away with the political stuff. That's all it was. Yeah. If this had been a mostly white cast, with all this political, you know, little propaganda that they stuck in the film, what people would have had they to took way more issue to it. But because it was an all-black film and it was unprecedented and people were sort of caught up in the buzz, everyone sort of let that all slide. I mean, that's what it came down to, honestly. Yeah, to me, I thought it cool. ruined the movie. Well, well, it was totally let, me well, 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 host. let me ask you all this. I think all of y'all have children. Did you think that was a particularly violent movie, though, for kids? Because that's one part that I was like, well, I understand that you know, we want all the kids to see this, but is this a little bit violent for kids? I, I, I and, and going back to call number one, I'm going to ask, ask both of them. I don't know if you guys are, like, how much of, like, say, Dave Chappelle's um, work you see as a comedian, um, or even, say, Trevor Noah. I think, you know, the way Black Panther portrayed a lot of, you know, um, mm, socially debatable points, you know, they kind of took that angle on it from a standpoint of entertainment. Now, of course, you know, I've seen other films um, that I can reference, you know, whether uh, it's fil- and they're based in economics, you know, whether it's movies like Gold or whether, you know, I'm looking at other movies like Boiler Room and other things that I've seen that deal with Wall Street and they deal with social points just as, as well. And they still fit in the movie because from a creative standpoint, you know, they, they, they'll work. When you have an all-black film getting all this fanfare and buzz around it, yeah, they could have put a few more things in there and it still would have flew only because of all the fanfare and the buzz around it. It's not until later that I think people are really going to be on a phone like this, dissect and do their thing. And then the call number two, from a, from a violence standpoint, you know, I mean, it, 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 it started with that. It started with, like, you know, um, you know, you know, a couple guys in the hood and then all of a sudden there's going to be some kind of, like, you know, um, we don't know what the, the situation is going to be, but there's a death, obviously, to open up the movie. Right, and then we go through it, and then there's of course other moments, and there's fighting and this and the other. So, you know, I mean, it leaned more on that. But when you look at Marvel movies, like say, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy opens with fight scenes and it ends with fight scenes. There's a rhythm, you know. There's a ma- there's a mathematical formula that Marvel uses. You know, you take your favorite characters and you put them into extraordinary positions, uh, situations. In the sci-fi universe, you keep the story going from the acts with the fight scenes leading up to bigger fight scenes. You get what I'm saying? No matter what, this movie was going to follow the formula of the fight scenes and the interaction and take you from one to two because you're also dealing with people. Um, the, the average viewer going in to see a movie like this or a Marvel movie, they feed off that as well. They eat up the universe, but they well, want to be well, all inspired well, by the fight if scenes. I can, if I could push back on that, I would say okay. those movies didn't have the same 
pushed towards children that this one did. So, th- so that's why I would ask that question. Like I said, well, you well, I would kids, say I don't. So I'm asking well, you guys. Well, 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 I would say I'm gonna say when I look at Guardians of the Galaxy, when I look at I mean, when I look at Marvel, you, when we say the push towards kids, uh, you know, Spider-Man's a Marvel franchise, right? Now I mentioned Guardians right. of the Galaxy. You know, I mentioned Marvel has a host of of of, of uh, properties and assets that you know were driven from you know the comic book base, and then they're driven towards kids from a CG standpoint. That's the reason why you know the, the films are like you know marketed as such as you know. Entertaining, fast-paced, you know, politically, politically jab-induced, you know, um, family films. When I saw the, when I went to go see the film, I remember, like I mentioned to Sharifa, every theater was sold out, but at the same time, a ton of families were in there, right? I agree with your point. I see where you're going with it, but at the same time, that's also their formula. And uh, T'Challa has got to be the weakest uh, superhero I've ever seen. I mean, well, what did he actually accomplish? actual movie well if we go from a storyline you always have the reluctant hero right you have the guy i think they threw a note in there like you have a you're a guy with a big heart you're a good guy so you can never be king they try to say you know good people versus being you know you know people with political strength um and that's that's a marvel thing you know that that you know if you look into you know marvel marvel goes after you know um kings and what's not in these figures anyway but on the flip side of it you know, he's a character um, that's going to keep developing through the rest of the universe. It wasn't, it wasn't more like, oh, he has to become Rocky by the end of the movie and defeat Drago. It was more he just has to acknowledge that he's going to rule and move forward. Is, did he come from a weakened standpoint? Yeah, because we saw him go into, like, you know, another dimension and talk to his daddy. I mean, but they wrote him that way because he's going to be an ever-evolving and slow-moving um, entity. But that can also feed into your point of being, you know, uh, uh, a weak superhero. I, under, I, I can see that validity, too. I definitely can. We have had an excellent show today. We just want to sum it up. I want to thank both of our callers for calling in and sharing their viewpoints on the movie. I think I'm going to go and check out the movie this weekend. I think that's what I'm going to do. I I think based on the feedback, based on the comments, I think I may actually check it out. Well, Marvel, they had to send checks to the two gentlemen on the phone because they they, they swayed you. I was talking to you about Black Panther. You didn't want to go. Now they got on the phone, and now you want to go. So Marvel has to send your your, your ticket money to them. (laughs) No, no, they didn't sway me. The conversation swayed me. So it has so many right. different points. I want to be able to respond. That's um, a joke, Sharifa. What? No, I, but I think no. no I, I'm, I know I'm happy that you want to see it, and I'm happy that there were some compelling points made. Yeah, there were some compelling points made. I just want to be able to have an intelligent conversation in response to some of the points that are made. But the la- the most important thing is that everyone agreed that it was a wonderful movie. It raised a lot of money, so, you know, it's unprecedented, so that's good. You know, it's always going to be room for improvements, always going to be things that people don't like. You know, we can all agree, or at least the three of you can all agree that it was a a wonderful, excellent movie. But, you know, hey, listening to you guys, the only thing that came to my mind was boys will be boys. So it was definitely an interesting (laughs) conversation. So I'm just going to thank our callers for calling in. Thank you for such a wonderful, insightful topic. Thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Breakdown Radio Show tonight. We will be back on Monday at the same time. 
9 p.m. on weeknights. You can find out more information about the Breakdown Radio Show on our website. You can also uh, find the information about advertising and being a guest if you visit the website at thebreakdownradioshow.com. And everyone, have a wonderful weekend. You too. Thank you, everyone.